Welcome to Simulator Review, helping you find quality flight simulation with the world's most comprehensive listings and reviews of simulators. A warm welcome to episode 7 of our podcast for the flight simulation community. My name is Alexis, and I'm joined by my two colleagues from simulatorreview.com, Andrew. Hello there. And Elliot. Hi. Welcome back if you're a regular listener of our episodes. And if you're new to our podcast, then a warm welcome to you. We're pleased you found us, and we hope you stick around. In this episode, we're going to have a chat about one of our recent articles and it's on the subject of fixed base versus full motion simulators. We will have a discussion on the topic to give you some information and our opinions, so stay with us to hear that later in the episode. First though, our regular simulator news update covering news at simulatorreview.com and in the wider simulator community. We go over to Andrew this week for our simulator news. So, hi Andrew, first time doing some news, what have you got for us in this episode? Yeah, thanks, Alexis. Yeah, it's great to be comfy in the new seat. So a uh, little bit more pickers time, uh, get under the belt. Yeah, well, from uh, viewers or listeners' uh, feedback from the Antipodes, we thought uh, we have a little change in the news presenter. And we have the historic moment of reaching podcast number seven, which I understand on podcasting world is about where most pod- podcasts stop. So hopefully we'll get, still get to number eight. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how number seven goes. So, yeah, number seven. So it's uh, big news for the website and uh, the both viewers that we have. And I uh, just thought it would be something different on the sim news. And in unconnected news, unfortunately, the podcast will be no more after episode seven. So there you go. We haven't quite made it. No, I'm joking, of course. But at least we've reinforced the average, which is something we've contributed to, at least. Well, it's good. I think we were... When we started this a few weeks ago, we were never quite sure how long we would go for and what we would do. But um, I think the more we've done, the more we've wanted to do more podcasts and the more subjects we've found to talk about. So hopefully, as we've seen, the listenership is slowly growing. It's an indication that at least some people are finding it useful out there and uh, want to listen to it. Yeah, I hope so. People are getting something out of the, the experience. Uh, yourself, who's a well-experienced uh, a simulator driver, so what, around a thousand hours, uh, give or take, and and Elias and I have uh, done some time in in the world of aviation now. So hopefully that's of use to some people. A few changes, hopefully we'll see uh, in the podcast. I think we're planning on having some guests uh, a bit later, a few episodes. So that'll be something different. And at some point, uh, I think we'll be getting to uh, listener comments. So uh, that'll be something. Uh, new for the podcast as well. Uh, that's when we get comments, of course. So if you'd love to comment on the show, please do. That'd be great for number eight. Yes, there's a promise there. Certainly, if you leave a five-star review, we will guarantee we will read it out on the podcast. Yeah, yeah that, that that's pretty much will happen. So uh, we look forward to that. And the other thing we're hoping to uh, roll out uh, at some point too, certainly by the time this goes to air, so to speak, will be a YouTube channel. So we hope to bring the podcast across to there uh, to start with and uh, see how that goes. A couple of changes coming up. Well, it's just lucky we've all got great faces for uh, videos then, and we can uh, get away with that. 
Oh yeah, they, that that's true. I think it might be a static graphic to start with. Alex. <laughs> so your your fame will will have to be, you know, the viewers will just have to contain themselves. <laughs> so uh, we we may not uh, bear that upon our listening audience to start with uh, our mugshots. So, uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So that'll be uh, hopefully a new channel for the podcast. Get out to the big wide world. Great. Well, thanks for that, Andrew. We'll look forward to the next Zoom news. That might be with Elliot, it might be with Andrew. We'll have, you'll just have to tune in to find out. This week's main topic is a discussion on a recent article which has been put on our site comparing fixed-based and full-motion simulators. Whilst the majority of the simulators we have in our directory are fixed-based, there are an increasing number of publicly available full-motion simulators out there, including some which we have done featured reviews on, such as Simulator Adventures in the UK and Dream Aero in Dubai. As this article is from myself, Andrew will be hosting the discussion and accruing some more time in the podcast left-hand seat. And we also have Elliot joining in and bringing his experience of fixed-based and full-motion simulators to the discussion. So over to you, Andrew. You have control. Thanks, Alexis. It's uh, I Have Control. So a great article from you guys on the fixed-based and full-motion uh, set up for simulators. So perhaps starting off for our listeners, the main differences between both the uh, fixed-based and the full-motion setups. Yeah, it, it might be quite useful just to try and define exactly what we mean by both. Um, the majority of the simulators which in our, are in our directory are fixed-based in that they're effectively fixed directly to the floor and there's no movement mechanism at all, which is in the simulators. There are a few that do have things like rumble strips or what are commonly called butt kickers, so they provide a bit of vibration underneath the floor, but it's not a movement as such. It's just something to add to that immersion and sense of noise and um, a little bit of um, feeling about what's going on. So that's the majority of what's been out there, and certainly from the simulators that we have in our directory, a large proportion are like that. The full motion simulators are the ones which are usually sat on a motion platform. So I'm sure people have seen photos of them sat, uh, sat on a number of legs underneath and they are able to move in all, you know, with six degrees of freedom. So, you know, from side to side, forwards and backwards, up and down. Uh, so those are the ones we've seen and people will see if they've ever seen programmes about airline captains training and those are the ones that are used for the full training. Um, there are a number of those now which we're seeing which are available to the public at reasonable price, actually. So we are seeing more of those. Okay, and the full motion setup. So I see within the industry that's moving away from hydraulics into the electric uh, motor systems. Uh, Elliot, what have you seen in this and, and how is that changing that industry? Yeah, uh, traditionally then we've seen full motion flight simulators being powered by hydraulics and being um, mounted on a hydraulic platform and we would know this by when we enter into the sim hall there's a lot of noise there's a lot of pipes a lot of cabling um, it's, it's a big old setup hydraulics just the traditional system what they're moving towards is electronic platforms now and these can be made very small for Redbird simulators they're called um, they're light aircrafts uh, simulators and motion platforms right up to the full A350 A380 flight deck simulators so the size of platforms that the uh, electric motion can accommodate uh, are a lot greater. So just going back to our hydraulics, we, we like that because it gives a very realistic feel. Aeroplanes are powered by hydraulic flight control, so if you put hydraulics into the simulator, 
you can replicate the system pressures um, a lot more easily. They're reasonably quite reliable, but uh, they require a lot of maintenance and uh, yeah, there, there are other issues that hydraulics bring with them. So these new ones, uh, the new electric platforms, they've got a lot of advantages uh, for an owner. Anything electronics got a lower maintenance cost. Diagnostics, just a, a quick line of code in a computer program, and you can find out what's wrong with them rather than having to go and go along the hydraulic lines, for example. Uh, longer life parts, there's less space required because you don't need to house the hydraulic system. Uh, reduced power consumption, and as we said earlier, they can handle bigger loads, uh, bigger flight decks. Something that uh, did make me laugh, though, is uh, when we're researching the article, they've allowed for power cuts, and they've uh, considered that in their their operation. So I'd never thought of that, but there's safety motions for the power cuts. Um, lastly, as well, with electronic motion, it can be a lot smoother. You're not relying on pumps and uh, system pressures. You can get really accurate, smooth motion. Nice one. Thanks. Yeah, that's certainly a lot for an industry where the margins can be tight at times, particularly with everything going on at the moment. It must be difficult on those venues from a business point of view. But uh, coming back to the customer, so what benefits do the full motion bring? So why is it worthwhile spending the extra money, which we'll get to on the costs and the, the negatives? But what advantages do a full motion bring to a customer rather than the fixed based? Uh, Alexis, maybe you could kick that one off. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to have uh, a reasonable amount of time in full motion simulators over the years. I think for me, the main advantages really come in terms of the feeling of acceleration, deceleration on the runway as you're taking off and landing. That's really well done and it's really pronounced and you really do feel that. So if you're braking heavily, you really are kind of held in your seat by the seatbelt as your as your body is trying to kind of move forward as the plane is decelerating and the same when you take off you really kind of pinned into your seat a little bit and feel a bit of that those are nice things to have i think in terms of pitch and roll when you're actually flying well usually in an air airliner unless you're doing dramatic aerobatics you're probably not going to be feeling that um, too much i think the two other bits that i think are really worth having are um, when you're having weather, so turbulence or crosswinds or gusty winds, basically, where the, you do feel the cabin being jolted about, and it really does show you how distracting and how difficult it can be to landing and keep your eyes on instruments and, and things like that, or when the actual simulator is really being jostled about. And I think the main advantage for me is in the fixed-based simulators, you never really have a clear and, and accurate sense of how good or bad your landings are. In a full-motion simulator it's entirely clear how good or bad your landing is because if you do a good landing, very little bump as you land. If you do a hard landing, you know about it. And it's really good then to get some feedback about how that is and how you can improve your technique and improve your flair to try and try and do that. So for me, that's one of the big advantages of full motion and it's something that a fixed base can't really offer. And if the listeners head over to our website uh, and have a read of the article that we're talking about, there's a good video of uh, demonstrating a hard landing, isn't there? Yes. Um, obviously, I did that deliberately just for the sake of our article. You know, it wasn't. It's not an indication of how good or bad my my uh, personal technique is. No, no, Alexis. I mean, we are true professionals here at uh, Simulator Review, and you know, we want to bring the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes we have to, you know, demonstrate what you know, what, where improvements can be made. So, uh, no, not at all. A bit of a harsh comment there, Elliot. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So there's some really good advantages 
you know, particularly around the landings. Uh, Elliot, I assume too that's why the airlines are required to have the full motion setups because the landing is a critical phase for the airline pilot training. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, they really replicate all the um, all the forces on a pilot. So, you know, we can learn procedures in a fixed-based simulator. In fact, that's how we all start off our type ratings in fixed-based simulators. So they definitely have their place. However, you know, pilot senses, you've got sight, you've got the sound, you've got the haptics, you know, the actual feelings and senses, you know, they need to be simulated and tested to give a full immersion. And that's why the airlines use these level D full flight simulators. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I, once the guys get out onto the line and certainly in the initial training, you know, on new onto jets, it's a little less of a shock to the system in terms of everything else they're having to deal with. They've already had some sensation of what some of those uh, experiences will be like. Earlier, uh, we spoke about some of the disadvantage or mention and certainly costs for the venues is, is a big one. Although, Ali, you mentioned earlier too, the, uh, uh, the electric hydraulic systems or the motor systems certainly bringing those costs down. Uh, so other than the costs, are there other negatives or disadvantages for the user in terms of choosing between a full motion or fixed-based? Uh, Elliot, perhaps? Yeah, there is. Um, just to, to cover off the cost section, really, so they can appreciate why we're, we're mentioning that. Uh, the, a t typical purchase price of a fixed-based simulator is around about the $250,000, £200,000 mark. That buy a really good fixed-based simulator. These level D simulators that airlines use are in the region of £15 million. So just to quantify why we think a lot of these fixed-based simulators we visit are very good, if you put the uh, ability to simulate versus cost, then a fixed-based simulator comes up very favourably. Um, and the, the full motion simulators we're starting to see for our readership sort of use, public use, such as simulator adventures uh, in Manchester, for example, that's almost a hybrid in between the airline's full flight simulators and the fixed base simulators. So we could sort of consider those a fixed base simulator, but mounted on a, a cheaper electronic motion platform. So uh, that, that's sort of the, the costs there justified for each. I would say, and I'm sure Alexis will agree with me, the the big disadvantage of a, a motion platform for the sort of simulation we talk about, so publicly available to have simulation and flight simulation experiences, are uh, there's not a lot of room inside these full motion simulators, exactly like there's not a lot of room inside a flight deck, really. A lot of the places we visit with a fixed-based simulator have a lot of seats behind. You can have Nan, you can have Mum, you can have your friends, whoever's with you, come in and spectate and actually take part um, in the experience, which certainly when you're buying gifts for people, you, you want to share the experience. So just due to the limiting dimensions of being on a motion platform, the, the number of people who can enjoy the experience with you is significantly less a lot of the really good simulators we've featured on the website, so uh, Jetsim School in Peterborough, D-side flight simulators up uh, Ellesmere Port near Liverpool, they've got actual cabin sections built behind the, the, the fixed-base simulator. So you walk in through door one left, which is the normal entry door on a short-haul aeroplane. If you turn right, you're in the cabin, and if you turn left, you're in the flight deck. Really fantastic setup. Very um, impractical for a full flight simulator. You just 
can't really mount that large cabin section on the motion platform. Mm, yeah, nice one. Alexis, what have you found with your personal experience or the groups you've uh, worked with? Any other drawbacks of the full motion setup? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot of what Elliot said. It, it is the cost per person, which has typically been, you know, at least double of a fixed-based simulator. But that's changing a little bit now with a few simulators coming on that are full motion, kind of more in line with fixed-based prices. It is the, the limited space. Depending on where you are in the world, it may be that there aren't full motion options near you which are even accessible at any price for a member of the public. But um, equally, if you do have them nearby, they are worth having a look at and, and seeing how much it costs and whether you, whether you should have a, a go at it. We've spoken a lot about cost, haven't we? Because uh, a simulator review, we're trying to provide the most realistic or identify the most realistic simulation experience and really shout about it. But also value for money and making sure that you know things are priced correctly. And we, we have to mention these costs. So uh, a fixed-based simulator, an hour, we would be expecting, without a special offer, most, most venues run special offers, about £120 or $150. Whereas an hour in a full-motion Level D simulator is about £450 or about $550. So it's a big jump in price per hour to hire these. Whereas somewhere like Simulator Adventures in Manchester and Dream Arrow in Dubai, they're actually slightly more expensive than a typical fixed-based simulator, but not, not much more. We're only talking uh, 20 or $30, 20 or £30 pounds even, um, more than a fixed-based simulator. So it's really brought the cost of full-motion simulation right down. And um, in my opinion, it's well worth the premium to try uh, or the, the extra 20, 30 pounds to try the full motion aspect. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how that market changes over the years ahead as that technology becomes cheaper for venues to install. Will will there be other market demand for them to go to that extra cost? I agree with Elliot as well. I think the, the premium is worth it. Um, at the end of the day, we are about ensuring that people get value for money for their experience. So, yes, even the top price that you're paying if you go to an airline's full motion simulator if you're paying 400 pounds an hour it's a lot of money but is it worth it um are the things that you're getting the experiences you're getting from a full motion worth extra premium yes i think they are and i think especially if you then look at the ones that are coming online now which the premium is a lot less certainly that it's well worth the extra money to do that uh, thanks alexis uh so we've covered a, a great deal there. Anyone else particularly wanted to mention any of the other simulator venues in the database? Uh, Elliot? Yeah, there's a couple I think we ought to mention. We enjoyed our visit to Real Simulation in Harrogate. Uh, they've got two full motion simulators that we enjoy trialling. Uh, one's a classic 737-200. We don't see many of those at all. That, that's fantastic to go and sit in. So having been a 737 classic pilot myself, although this is slightly more classic than I flew, it was very, very accurate and it was a good simulator in terms of the feel of the controls, the weighting, uh, the movement of the thrust levers. And uh, another one, we mentioned Dream Aero in Dubai a fair bit. So they also have a, a sister unit in Washington and uh, that's also another 737 full motion simulator publicly available at a, a reasonable cost point. So. Well, those two are worth a mention. Great. Well, a good discussion there about fixed base and full motion simulators and some suggestion of places you can go to try the full motion option. Uh, thank you both to Alexis and Elliot for that. 
So with that, I'll hand back to Alexis, and you have control. I have control. Thank you, Andrew, for that uh, for leading us on that discussion. Uh, we'll have more episodes covering our article, so do keep an eye out for those in the future. Simulator Adventures was discussed as a featured review venue in episode four, so do listen to that. And Real Simulation we'll be doing as our next featured review discussion, which will be in episode eight. So again, have a listen to that if you want to hear a bit more about those two full motion simulators. So there you go, an interesting chat about fixed-based and full-motion simulators, how they work, and what the differences are, and what we think about both types. What do you think? Have you had a go on both? If so, what did you think, and which do you prefer? Did you have to pay more for the full-motion simulator experience, and did you think it was worth the extra cost? We'd love to hear your thoughts, so do let us know. In our next episode, we'll start having a look at another of the simulator venues which we visited, and which now has a blue pin feature review in our database. Specifically, real simulation in Harrogate in the UK. We'll be going into the background of our review and some discussion of, of our thoughts on the venue, so I hope you'll join us again for that. In the meantime, please do subscribe to our podcast. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and quite a few of the podcast services. And please leave us a star rating and review. And as we said earlier in the episode, for any five-star reviews, We'll certainly read them out during the podcast. For now, though, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. And goodbye from Elliot. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Simulator Review podcast. We would love your feedback, so please do comment and rate us. Please follow, share, like, and subscribe on all our social media channels where you can see regular updates on new simulator listings and reviews, as well as our latest articles. Until next time, happy simming. Happy simming.